Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. But what I really want to know is I didn't go my way. And I got to, got to know. Hey, it's hump day. I hate when people call it that, but I just did. It's <laughs> Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana Television. If you want to listen to us live, it's really easy. All you got to do is go to the website, 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab. So if you're on the move, you're in between getting in and out of your car, you want to listen to us on your mobile device, your headphones, whatever, just go click on the Listen Live tab right there on 1029ESPN.com, and you'll find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank, Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. It's a Wednesday, so that means Sean Rainey's in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez. And uh, we have a bunch of stuff to get to. It's crazy that we're into the Wednesday show and we've only talked about the Super Bowl for about 15 minutes. But that's what happens when you got uh, a modification of spring football, a head coach on the move, and uh, a rivalry that didn't happen and then part of one that did. And so we're going to get into the big game, the Super Bowl, and a bunch of other stuff in today's show. If you want to be involved in the show, it's easy. 406-361-3688. All guests Join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that number as well. That's been a great addition. Great job by Tommy and Reese for setting that up because uh, it's actually easier for us to have you be involved in the conversation when you text us because we can kind of just go back and forth and then we can add your questions into the conversation as well. Take a look at what we got in the show today. We're going to talk Super Bowl, of course. we got a bunch of questions. We also have some trivia for each other. We're going to be giving you 
some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Our Garden City Spotlight, about 4.30, we're going to feature Brandon Robbins. He's the head coach at Frenchtown. I know it's not quite in the Garden City, but it's close enough. It's 10 minutes away from here. And uh, Frenchtown's off to a good start, but they just played number one Dylan uh, last weekend. Hard fought game. They did fall in that one, but Frenchtown's really talented. Sean's watching them a couple times. They got some guys that can play. Excited about this, too. The return of the Sports Medicine Journal, presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. Dr. Michael Wright, he's an orthopedic surgeon. I interviewed him a little bit earlier today. The debut of this segment, we talked about ACL injuries and everything that goes into an ACL injury, the recovery, the surgery, all that. Today we're going to be talking about high ankle sprains. So this is a fun one. I find it very, very compelling and intriguing and just flat interesting as well. Top of the hour, it's a Wednesday, so that means we have our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And this is actually, we're doing something a little different here. We're going to make this segment about a young man, and I'm going to tell the story of this young guy and the way that he rose through the ranks at Montana State and then to the NFL. But then Sean actually interviewed Travis Johnson. Travis Johnson, former all-Big Sky athlete for the Montana State Bobcats, and, oh, hello, the only player from the state of Montana that will be participating in the Super Bowl. I know he's on the practice squad for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he's involved in the action, and, uh, I mean, He's tweeting post-game pictures with Mike Evans <laughs> holding the NFC Championship trophy. So pretty cool uh, for the, for the, uh, the former Montana State Bobcat. And then we also have a, a cool segment as well, um, broadly about prop bets and real-time bets. Sean, tell people a little bit more, though, about what we have coming up at 530 with this, uh, this advent of Simple Bet. Yeah, so Simple Bet is a company that deals with micro-betting, which is in-game live betting. So you could bet right when kickoff happens, let's say Tampa Bay gets the uh, gets the kick, you can bet if they're if that drive is going to go 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, are they going to score a field goal, touchdown, punt, turnover, and you could bet that after every single snap. And it updates it with this computer system and you can just sit there through the Montana Sports Bet app and you can bet after every single play. And like once they get it going in NBA and Major League Baseball, every single pitch you can bet, every single at bat, you can bet the result. So it's it's just a completely different betting market and it's it's wild, it's crazy. And the the craziest part about all this is Montana is the very first state in the entire country wow. where this simple bet is going to be happening. So we are kind of like the test dummies for this. So it's it's going to be very interesting. It's like Montana and mango flavored white claws. Yeah, I mean, something's got to start here, right? <laughs> Did you know that? Did you know Missoula County was the, saw was the stat, test yeah. market yeah. for <laughs> Mango White Claws? I'm like, oh, well, College Town, Montana, these people probably like to have some beverages. We're going to throw down a new flavor, and uh, I think we bought all of them, and then that's why it's a success. Now, yeah, you, right. can, now you can buy them everywhere. You're welcome, America. We got the mango-flavored uh, White Claws onto the shelf for you. Uh, let's dive into it. We're going to get to some trivia here in about, oh, 20 minutes, so keep that number in mind, 361 Three six eight eight, but first of all, Sean, you are all over the place. You had a busy day today. You're all you're always moving, shaking, bringing the great people of Missoula and of Montana and all the sports news they want on SWX Montana Television as well as ABC Fox. What's going on? What have you been working on this last week? Oh man, so much. Um, first, I'm kind of doing a story right now, working with some of the trainers in uh, in town about what it's been like just being like a high school trainer at this level, going through COVID and everything like that. Hellgate got a brand new training room, so working with Paul Cap, Dustin Burton over at Sentinel. Oh, cool. And kind of talking to them and just being like, you know, what it's like, and then also kind of the relationship between a high school trainer and the athletes, and how the the coaches have kind of you know, use them to connect and 
kind of check in mentally um, with a lot of these student athletes who, you know, I think everybody during this pandemic is it's kind of been challenging a little bit mental health wise. And it's a lot of times it's these trainers that have the different, you know, personal conversations with them directly than a lot of times some of the coaches do. And so that's like another, you know, little dynamic. And so kind of just seeing what it's been like for them and and that relationship with the athletes. So kind of working on that story. And then, I mean, we got a lot of games that we've been bringing to you on SWX. Uh, We got, you know, Gallatin um, boys taking on Billings West. That game is um, on Friday. And then Saturday, we got the Gallatin girls taking on Skyview. And then it's really cool too. We're uh, bringing a lot of frontier games this year, which obviously we've done big sky in high school, but to be able to do a lot of frontier games uh, is pretty sweet. So we have uh, MSU Northern and Carroll on Sunday, a little double header, little appetizer right before the Super Bowl at 12 o'clock and at two o'clock. So um, excited to just, you know, bring all those games to everybody on SWX. This is your go-to spot. SWX is killing it right now. Uh, I Even just as somebody that grew up in Montana, there was few and far between. I mean, you were like begging for the Kakaris football game to be on TV back in the day. And and high school sports, no way. I, I remember the first time high school sports first started getting broadcasted. It was on like public television when Mike Chavez was in high school. And he was first at Hart Butte. He was just like this phenomenon. He was like the LeBron James of Montana. And then when he transferred to Browning, it was like this huge deal because now they were going to be in Class A towns where you actually had a little bit of infrastructure. So you might be able to get the the TV signal out to Missoula. And I remember watching those games as a kid and thinking, this is so cool that there's Montana sports. But now you got it in high definition on SWX and it's pretty much all the time. I mean, you can find games multiple times a week, right? Yeah, and kind of the cool thing, too, about you know, the high school and the Frontier games in particular, like obviously it's great to show Cats and Grizz and stuff, but... You know, everyone in Montana seems to like be connected. You know, like we got the 12 degrees of separation is the same, but in, in Montana, it's like there's like three degrees of separation, right? Everybody kind of knows everybody. So there's so many local kids that play on these frontier teams and in high school teams, and especially now when you can't go watch everybody to be able to, you know, broadcast those statewide. And, you know, every single person is in, in Montana knows somebody else in Montana. And a lot of them have, you know, friends or family or friends of friends that are, are playing in those games. So for everyone to uh, be able to watch them, especially at the at that frontier level, that doesn't get as much love as uh, high school and, uh, you know, the bigger colleges is great. Is there a favorite right now in the frontier conference on the other side? I know Montana Western was so good a couple years ago in women's basketball, but I know they lost Brianna King, who was an outstanding player. Providence and Carroll are very good on the women's side. On the women's side? Yep. On the men's side, I mean... It Carol, kind of, Carroll's really good because they have several... Carroll's always... Yeah. yeah I mean, Rochelle Sayers is, great, is a great coach. They have J.B. Pickens, Cam and Hillborn, both D1 drop down, so that makes sense for sure. Yep. Uh, you know, Tech is really solid. Dude, Sindow Diallo is awesome. Hamadou Diallo's I mean, brother, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw we saw them. I mean, it was him and that squad that beat the Grizz in, in right. Dahlberg. Um, but... The, the frontier has been kind of hit a lot with COVID this yeah, year. So right. it has been all over the map as far as records and games amount to be played. So really kind of hard to judge the best teams. Um, but, hey, I mean, if, if we can get games on and, and get them on air, that's great. Super Bowl week. Uh, it's crazy that we haven't even really touched on it much. Riley Corcoran and I touched on it a little bit yesterday. Um, but there's been just a lot of stuff going on in the news for the first time in a long time. I was teasing with... Trisha Binford last week, I said, she's like, how's things going? And I said, well, when you get uh, the spring football season getting called off and it's rivalry week for Montana and Montana State, and it's the first time they ever had a doubleheader, and the head coach for Montana State leaves, 
I, t- I told her it's like going and playing a, a game where the opponent full court presses you and you haven't played basketball in two years. We're just like out of shape as far as the grind goes. And now it's good to be back in the grind. But Super Bowl week is upon us, and it just feels largely different than it ever has because, uh, first of all, it's just amazing that the NFL made it to this point. I think that we've seen pro sports have much uh, much greater ability to trudge through and push through all the obstacles that come with the pandemic, right, wrong, or indifferent. There's just a lot, a, lot, a different set of rules, a different level of resources. But that said, I think that even baseball had to shorten their season. The ba- basketball, the NBA was completely interrupted. The NFL, there's been a couple reschedulings, but no cancellations, and here we are finally to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, does it feel different to you? It seems like there's almost a little bit less hype around it just because it's almost like a relief that we got to this point. Well, I also think I think media day kind of kicks off a lot of the hype, and so not having like the normal media day um, and having it just be Zoom calls obviously plays a little factor. Although, did you see the barbershop story today? Yikes. Yeah. So, so the Kansas City Chiefs barber tested positive for COVID. Like mid-cut of mid-cut. the center for the – the Chiefs, which is why he's sent home, Yikes. and he, but he was like scheduled to cut like twenty other players and staff members' hair, including Patrick Mahomes, this weekend before the before the game, and so it's just he didn't cut Mahomes' hair though, right? He didn't, but he was but scheduled. The, so the center has to quarantine now, though. Yeah, because he, he was negative like, test. He was mid cut. He was cutting the center's hair. Oh man, starting center and mid cut when they told him that he tested positive so they had to send both of them wearing masks but they had to send the center home he can then rejoin the team on saturday and go and travel to the game but it's just uh you know so covid is playing a little part of it but jeez we okay. are we are here um i yeah it seems like there's not as much hype oddly but there should be like this is an awesome. It's an awesome match, and, right? and I think people are just maybe it's. I think we've just been so day by day in the pandemic. You know, like we don't really get ahead of ourselves anymore. That maybe we're just at least for me. I just feel like I'm kind of going day by day, and so like I'll get really really excited on like Saturday, and then obviously when you wake up on Sunday, but and maybe that's some of it. I don't know. On a personal level, do you have any Super Bowl traditions or anything that you always do during the Super Bowl? Um, not, not necessarily over the last few years, we've always had a, uh, a, a group of friends that host and we do like a chili competition. Ooh, that's good. So that's everyone good. has to make like a unique chili and the winner gets like a gift card to somewhere. And then we make our own little like giant, you know, bet board and we do the NFL squares and have a whole lot of games and all that kind of stuff. Um, Obviously, COVID kind of impacts everything, but <laughs> yeah. um, that's kind of been our, our tradition as of late. But otherwise, like sometimes I'm just in the mood to like this watch the game with nobody there so I can actually like listen and take the game in. Because there's so many times where like, you yeah. go to a Super Bowl party, you have a couple drinks, and then like you realize like, about I didn't else. even watch that much of the game or, like, or, or be much. able to actually like, you know, analyze it for and sure. watch it. You for know? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, for the last half a dozen years since my brother Brooks and I have been in, in business together, usually I, I, the last couple seasons, I've been uh, hitting the Thursday games that have been in Missoula and then the Saturday games that have been in Bozeman so we can cover both sides for SkylineSportsMT.com. And so that I always, Super Bowl weekend, I would always make sure to go and be in Bozeman mm-hmm. just so that I could just watch it with my brother and that, that we just would watch it, the two of us, and then you don't get distracted because, you know, you've already talked about all the things in life and you can just watch the game. And I, I, I agree. I love that part of it. It is nuanced now, 
1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. We live in this great state so we can enjoy it, and if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time. I can tell you that is exactly true. That's where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow, which helps keep your business running smoothly. Visit blackbookkeeping.com to schedule a free consultation today. I got a couple questions for you, one of which I did not list. And by the way, we'll do trivia for, uh, and we'll have a giveaway with Wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill here in about, oh, I'd say 10 minutes. But I have a couple questions listed here, but one, I'm going to start with a question that's not listed here, Sean. The quarterbacks are dominating the narrative of this game. Justifiably so. You have the biggest shooting star of a young quarterback that we may have ever seen in the NFL, a guy who won the MVP and a Super Bowl ring before he was even three years into the league, going against the, I don't even think it's arguably, going against the definitive best quarterback of all time, or at least the most accomplished quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. So uh, that's dominating the headlines. Is there a matchup or a storyline, though, that you like in this game that isn't the quarterbacks? Mm, That's a good question. I'll answer it, and then I want to toss something back your way. Um, to me, I, I, I think it's it, it always comes down to the quarterbacks, right? But the storyline that, that I'm kind of watching is, and I'm going to cheat a little bit. It's on the sheet, but like I get into like the coaching part of it. And sure. I, to me, it's Arians, and can he kind of get it done? You know, right. like he's kind of – he showed flashes and stuff, but he's kind of known – I don't know. He's got. He's taken a lot of flack this year, and I think not known to be maybe one of the best in-game kind of coaches. Right. And very stubborn with his system and things like that. And like Andy Reid could also really supplement or uh, you know su- supplant himself as one of the best coaches ever if yep. he can get this done too. So I think the the coaches' legacies as well is kind of a very interesting thing. But I wanted to. When, when we talk about the quarterbacks and the legacies, mm-hmm. I always just think it's overblown and too much. Like, sure. like I don't think either quarterback should really be judged any differently if this is a close game and it goes either way, regardless of the outcome. But to me, they're like, oh, man, if Tom Brady wins this, he just cements himself as the best. Or if Mahomes wins this, he can maybe you know surpass Tom Brady when it's all said and done. Unless it's like a blowout either way and one of them plays atrocious and the other doesn't, which I don't expect to happen. Like if it's a close game and they both play well, the outcome of the game to me has zero impact on the future legacy of these quarterbacks. And to me, like everybody gets wrapped up. Like if you win it, then this is your trajectory as a quarterback. If you lose it, this is your trajectory. I don't care as long as they like they don't play atrocious like I said and like oh man they really did you know kind of choked her didn't play well yeah it, it I have no I don't judge them any differently than I did leading into this game well and I think it's even one-sided too if Tom Brady goes and throws four picks and they lose by 40 it doesn't really do anything to his legacy because he's already here he's already playing in his 10th Super Bowl you're not gonna say oh Tom Brady's not the goat anymore because he played terrible in his 10th Super Bowl he's playing in his 10th Super Bowl when he's 43 years old so his legacy is cemented all he can do is add to it. He can't diminish it whatsoever. Mahomes, I think, still, I don't think he'd diminish it either, but I do think that if if Tampa Bay was to run roughshod over Kansas City and Mahomes was to play bad, first of all, it would just be so mind-blowing because we just have never seen Mahomes just play terrible. Even the greatest of greats have had meltdown games 
we still have never seen Mahomes truly melt down. So that would be a storyline within itself, but I still don't think he's so young. I don't think it hinders his legacy either. I totally agree with you. I also think the the direct, and I've talked about this so many times. I think that one of the things, Michael Jordan is one of the greatest athletes that ever lived. He's definitely one of the most influential athletes in the history of America. But I truly think that a part of Jordan's greatness ruined sports because it puts this expectation that if you don't just don't just go six for six in the championship series or championship game, that then somehow you're not up to his level of greatness. And it, it affirms his level of greatness. But I also just think that the direct correlation between rings and greatness is not necessarily true. No, I think it's more impressive that Tom Brady has been to 10 Super Bowls than he has exactly. won six. Exactly. The, the fact that he's been to 14 championship games. That is insane. That's the most impressive thing that he's done, more than even the rings, yes, right? Yes, 100%, like, consistently getting to the championship or is, in my opinion, even more impressive. And, like, the stat that, like, sure. he has more NFC championships or as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like, things like that, or you're just like, Whoa, you know, the the hierarchy where if you were to argue to me that a guy like Terry Bradshaw or a guy like Joe Montana is in any way better than a guy like John Elway or a guy like uh, Peyton Manning because they have more rings. That's just false. Yeah. It's just false. Terry Bradshaw has four rings. He's not better than Peyton Manning. Right. Like Troy Aikman has three rings. He's not better than Brett Favre. He's not better than. um I mean, a lot of guys. I, I just, I think you need well, to, ha- you need to have one. I think to really be in the conversation, or at least you need to have be, you have, you need to have been in the mix consistently. I think that's the biggest knock on Dan Marino because he threw for so many yards, but he was only ever like truly in the mix as a you know, champ, a conference championship contender, w- one or two times. That's why you know people knock Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, but their teams are in the mix. They they have a chance to be a Super Bowl contender every year. I think that's the true testament of great. Agreed, hundred percent. Get me the guy that will always give me the chance to win over the guy that will just randomly, not randomly, but gets there every now and then and just happens to win. You know, because right when you when you get to the championship series game, whatever it is, anything can happen. You know, I just give me the guy that gets me there every time and gives me a chance to win. And sometimes, too, you get guys that win Super Bowls that they were far down the list as far as uh, leading their team. They didn't lead their team. They just were at the controls of the team. Well, with well with Brady, there's been Super Bowls that they've won that he didn't have much to do with. And sure. there's been Super Bowls they've won, like the Falcons won, where it was solely him, like, leading them back. You know, like, it's... Yes, and they've also... He, Tom Brady's also been a part of better teams his, that didn't win the Super Bowl. The team that went undefeated is still one of the greatest teams in NFL history. 100%. The the, the general <laughs> yeah. public just doesn't give them the credit because they lost to the Giants. But sometimes you just catch lightning in a bottle as well. It's Nuana is now 1029 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. So on that note then, I think that the thing that the, the narrative has not centered upon as much, everybody talks about Brady and also his weapons, whether it's Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones, you know, all these guys, Leonard Fournette. And the offensive line has been pretty good too. I still think, even though they, they're starting to get a little bit more pub, that the Tampa Bay defense is still underrated. They're not getting the the shine that they deserve. And I think that's the underrated part of this Tampa Bay story is that they're sitting here in the Super Bowl, not because they have the greatest coach in the world. In fact, I think sometimes throughout the year he held them back. Now that they have the greatest quarterback in the world, Tom Brady's still pretty good, but he's nowhere near what he once was. And you know, people want to glorify him and give him the first interview after the NFC Championship game when really he did his best to lose that game. He threw three picks. 
but they don't get enough. Sh- they have the one of the most talented rosters in the league. Period. I mean, the reason they're in this position, it's not because of all these intangible things that we always want to promote, like coaching and leadership. It's because they have all the dudes. When they're at full strength, their defense is nasty. So my question for you is: Is this the best supporting cast, particularly on the defensive side, that Tom Brady's ever had? Ever? No. I mean, you think team, that there's been defenses for the? I just think. I mean, pers- the, the, the defense that held the number one scoring team in the NFC to three points in the Super Bowl a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. But how much of that's Belichick? I'm just talking personnel. I just think that Tampa Bay is so talented. They have standout guys, but I don't think they're as solid defensively throughout the board as some of those past New England teams, especially the secondary. Like this secondary's been playing decent, but. I mean, they're a bunch of like yeah, first and second year dudes. Like that's true. That's true. The secondaries of New England have always been outstanding. The front seven of this Tampa Bay team is is really good, though. But it, like in those days, where like I mean, they're even the the front seven for New England back in the day, like with Seymour and, and like Brewski and all those linebackers and pass like they've they they had some you know Rodney Harrison, Ty Law, like they had really good defenses back in the day. So I don't think this is n- near the best defense, but I do agree with you is they are a little bit underrated, but I I think Kansas City defensively is underrated as well. Like they've been For playing sure. really well, especially in their secondary. So to me like I'm just mo- mostly curious on how the game evolves. Like is it going to be back and forth high scoring or is it going to be more of a low scoring kind of with with more punts than my- people might expect? Yeah, and the coaching element is going to be so interesting too because I think that this whole year has been a, a Tom Brady has been trying to prove to the world that he was the main factor in all of the Super Bowl success that New England had, and as of right now, he certainly had the he, the last laugh is still the company's had all the laughs up to this point, right? Because New England went six and ten, they're going to be drafted in the top half of the first round, and Tampa Bay is playing a home game in the Super Bowl. But I do think that if if the dominating storyline when this game is all said and done is Andy Reid dominating Bruce Arians and the Chiefs win because of it, I, I do think that that is not only a knock on Arians, but it's also a knock on Brady too because it shows you how much of a difference Belichick made. I think the whole game comes down to one thing, and that's if the Kansas City offensive line, which is a little bit battered and bruised, can hold up against the pass rush. Because if they do... I think Kansas City can move the ball up and down this defense like they did in the first matchup. But if Tampa Bay can expose some of the injuries and the new faces on the offensive line and get to Mahomes, uh, to me that is the singular matchup that I am watching for this game and the, and the most important one to me, which is a little prelude to one of my prop bets move, like that we'll have in the second hour. Okay, second hour we will have some prop bets, but here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to give you... A dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. They are the best wings in Missoula, voted by you, the Missoula public. All you got to do right now is give us a call, 361-3688, 361-3688. You don't have to come on the radio. We don't have trivia for you. Sean's going to ask it to me. Number three caller, Reese, number three, 361-3688. We got a basket of wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. If you need somewhere to watch the game, Take that wing card right down there and go sit there and watch the game, have some beers. You'll have yourself a good time, I promise. Okay, Rain Man, what do you got? Well, speaking of wings and it being the Desperado trivia here, how many pounds of wings do Americans go through on Super Bowl Sunday? <laughs> is this with bone in or bone out? The bone's It's just wings count. in general. How many, how many pounds, pounds of wings do if Americans... You are, if you're within... This will be a little bit of a hint. If you're within like 10 million. 10 million if you're, pounds. Yeah, then, no, if you're within 10 million, then your guess. 
So we're talking tens of millions of pounds. Yep. Holy cow. Okay, so they say about 60 million people watch the Super Bowl. Uh, a dozen wings probably weighs <laughs> 10 pounds. Let's to- say every single American that watches the Super Bowl eats a, a basket of wings. So let's call it five pounds of wings. I'm going to say 300 million pounds of wings. 100 million pounds of wings. 100 million pounds of wings. So still, that's still still a good two pounds of wings per Super Bowl watcher. That's amazing. Correct. Um, And we're going. We're going all. We're going food questions here. Okay. And then I'll I'll have one uh, actual football one. Okay. Okay. How many hamburgers are grilled on Super Bowl Sunday, which is the second highest day of hamburgers grilled in the uh, United States after the Fourth of July? Hmm. Let's say 200 million pounds. How many individual hamburgers? How many individual hamburgers? Yeah. 25 million. 14 million. Wow. So 14 million. And then um, we'll do we'll do one more quick food one and then an actual football one. Um, how many tons of chips are eaten? Tons of chips. Mm-hmm. Man, 20 tons of chips. 14,500 tons of chips. 14,500 yep. tons. 8 million pounds oh, of guac man. are consumed I mean. on Super Bowl Sunday. So that's pretty <laughs> interesting stuff. Uh, um, Carol, our, our resident <laughs> chick who doesn't know sports, she was freaking out about this last week because Tom Brady was posting his guacamole recipe but was mm. saying that you're not allowed to eat the Tom Brady guac with chips. You have to eat it with sweet potato chips, which are basically sweet potatoes that you put in the toaster. <laughs> she was very, uh, she was very angry mm. <laughs> about oh, chips. Um, Walk is the best. Um, it, it is the best. Okay, how many quarterbacks have thrown for over four hundred yards in a Super Bowl? And can you name them? Three. It has been done three times by, but by two, two quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, okay. Was Carson Wentz one of them? Nope. Or excuse me, Nick Foles? Nope. Gosh, what a dumb thing to say. Yeah. Carson nope. Wentz never yeah. even threw a pass in the Super Bowl. Uh, Matt Ryan? Nope. I was just thinking the two that were having massive comebacks. Um, well, you, Tom Brady? You're on, yeah. Tom Brady's done it Tom twice. Brady against he, the Falcons. He's gone over 400 and he went over 500 in that game. Right, right. And who's the other one? Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, wow. Was this in the Arizona Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. or Okay, so not the greatest show on turf. Interesting. Okay, I got one for you before we got to get out. Yep. Tom Brady has the most rings of any player in NFL history, quarterback or otherwise. There's a whole bunch of players that have four rings. There's only one player who has five rings. So he is alone in second place. He was a edge player, an outside linebacker slash defensive end, and he won rings with both the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Can you name that player? Oh, gosh. I, I, I know who it is. You do. I can't think of the name. Um Ah, I know it. I know it. I know it. Um, it's like, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's like a Charles Haley. Haley. I knew I was going to say like a hate. Yes. I knew what it was. Charles Haley. If you want a great read, go read Jeff Perlman's book. Boys will be boys. All about the early 1990s Dallas Cowboys. Every story in that book about Charles Haley, I cannot tell on the radio. That's the best endorsement <laughs> I could give for the book. It is new on us now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Brandon Robbins, he's the head coach of the Frenchtown Boys basketball team. Coming at you hot, Garden City Spotlight right after this. 
Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one free beaker per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuanas Now sent you. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. It's Nuanez now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide SWX Montana Television. It is time now for our Garden City Spotlight. We're going to go just in a quick minute to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line to get Frenchtown head boys basketball coach Brandon Robbins. Garden City Spotlight proudly presented by Oral Surgery Associates in Missoula. Gene Morris, Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates. He's the best oral surgeon you're going to find anywhere. He provides a full range of care, including implants, emergency surgeries, and wisdom teeth removal. Dr. Morris and his staff use advanced imaging technology for more accurate diagnosis and effective treatments while also using innovative techniques to treat a wide range of problems. The benefits from this outstanding level of care are many. And to schedule an appointment with Dr. Gene Morris today, go to oralsurgicalassociates.com. Do we have Coach Robbins? We do. We go down to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in Brandon Robbins. He's a second-year head coach for the Frenchtown Bronx. Brandon, I know this is funny considering we never actually met in person, but I guess this is the way that the world works during the pandemic. But thanks so much for, for being with us, my man. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing well, doing well. Really excited to be on here with you guys. I've listened for a few years, so it's, uh, it's awesome to be on being able to chat with you. Let's start with the most recent. You guys are off to a good start, but you had to play the number one team in the state over the weekend in the Dillon uh, Beavers. So tell us just about your team so far. Uh, just an a eight-point loss over the weekend, but you guys are sitting here uh, in, off to a pretty good start here. So what's your overall evaluation of your team? Yeah, yeah. So we're off to an eight and three start here, but um, it's just been an interesting year in the ways that, you know, you think it's still early in the year. It's the first week in February. It's actually also... We're, we're down to just five games remaining, so it's going so fast and not having a ton of practice time um, between games, so the kids have to love it. I mean, they're just getting to play all the time. Um, 
But, yeah, we had a good start to the year, especially early on in February. We had to go the road and play a really good Polson team. Um, had a nice lead at halftime and just didn't do some things well in the second half in that game. Came up came up short and bounced back well and got a couple more wins. And then, you know, we went on the road um, last Tuesday and got a win in Columbia Falls. And Thursday, I don't know if it was a bit of a trap game for us, but we just didn't execute well enough down the stretch to come away with the win in that one. And we give credit to Corrales and Coach Morgan there for um, – you know, knocking us off there. And then we had to rebound. You know, we had to kind of check ourselves and evaluate, you know, um, where we were at and really kind of tried to challenge our guys and build, you know, especially with some mental and physical toughness of having three games in a week. And we came out and competed really well. You know, we had some really poorly timed turnovers and um, kind of dug ourselves in a hole. But I was really proud of our guys and how well we competed, especially in the fourth quarter to close a big deficit and give ourselves a chance in the fourth. But um, good news is, you know, we still have five games to go here, a lot to play for the rest of the season, and hopefully, you know, start to play our best basketball right before postseason um, kicks off here at the end of the month. So I'm really happy with our guys and hope we just continue to keep developing as we, you know, progress here this next month. Coach Sean Rainey here with SWX. First off, when I get off the air, we got to connect so I can come down and, and talk with you and the squad because. I love coming down and shooting highlights of you guys because, man, you have some high flyers at the, uh, especially at the Class A level. Not very often that we have multiple guys on a team that, let alone, can dunk, but can dunk the way that Brandon Finley, Devin Shelton, some of your guys can. What is it like watching some of your high flyers uh, during a game do what they do? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think uh, those guys, um, athletically, the talent and stuff they bring to the court is is something that's pretty. Um, I don't want to say it's kind of rare, especially for, um, you know, Montana basketball in general. So to have two guys on the team that can go up and play above the rim is, is something really neat as a coach. You know, a lot of coaches go throughout the game and never really get the opportunity to drop lob plays for guys and, and see those type of plays in transition. Um, but, you know, it's kind of it's been kind of an interesting scenario because the kids love it, you know, the crowd loves it. But it's also, I think, we, we kind of statted, and I don't know how many – times we had dunks that led to layups on the other end we got caught up in celebrating too much so just kind of working on hey we've all seen them dunk by now it's not a rarity um but definitely fun and see and it definitely gets our guys going and gets them going um if they're playing above the rim that means you know we're getting out in transition we're being aggressive we're executing some stuff in the half court where we get to show off some of their abilities so definitely fun um definitely um um something that is deserving you know it's just a compliment to their athleticism and the time that they put in the gym of working on their bodies and, and skills too throughout the whole year. So it's exciting to see, you know, had a couple of kids, Carson Shepard got his first game dunk last week. And we got another guy, Jeff Jacobs, who's uh, comes off the bench for us and he's a good athlete and he can dunk. So yeah, it's really cool to see. And, um, you know, hopefully we can keep getting a few more and um, that obviously leads to points and some victories for us for sure. And I think with it being more of a rarity in Montana high school basketball, we just did a story on our news last night about Drew Wyman from Great Falls, who is uh, one of the better dunkers at the AA level. And they talk about just when he when he does have a big dunk, the energy that it gives the team and the crowd, especially when they're, you know, is kind of limited crowds this year, that it could be a game changer. So, like, what what are some of those plays? Like, even though, you know, you mentioned uh, maybe sometimes celebrating a little bit too much, not getting back, or you might even have like a, a missed alley-oop layup or, or uh, attempt or something like that, but a big dunk and, and how much energy that can bring you guys, um, especially maybe it's uh, when it happens at a time during the game when you kind of need a little spark. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I always laugh because I played for my dad in high school and, you know, he was an old school coach who, if you missed a layup and didn't use the backboard, you got pulled, you know, <laughs> and I, I kind of could dunk and I just remember games, people getting excited and I remember laying it in because I just wanted to be in the game and <laughs> anything, but um, those two guys, I think um, every time they go up, I got, I think everybody has a full confidence. They're going to, going to bring it down you know they kind of dunk in different styles Devin's definitely a power guy and he's going up there and feels like he's trying to rip the rim off the backboard and Brandon could just float in the air it seems like and he's got a little more um, maneuverability in the air it seems like but yeah I mean I think the biggest thing is when we get in transition those guys look for each other and they have such good uh, chemistry on and off the court with each other so um, alley-oops are hard enough, you know, just dunking is hard enough, but being able to oop each other in high school, that's even more special. I think that's one of the things that's pretty special about the, the connection of those two that people are noticing is just how well they do it. And it's just because they play all the time. We They put a lot of time in where in open gyms and, and things, and they get opportunities, they're used to it. Um, you know, and it's a lot of times we're just hopefully as active on the defensive end that's creating transition offense or, you know, we've kind of – bringing everybody together and executing sets and how we want to screen it or, or cut and get people the spots to look for each other as well. So, so yeah, I, I just hope we can continue to create energy off those plays and people, um, you know, it makes defenses have to think about one more thing because they don't really want to get dunked on either. So, um, you know, it's good to have that in our arsenal when we go um, and play. So Garden City Spotlight, presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula. Brandon Robbins joining us. He's the head coach for the Frenchtown Boys basketball team. And Coach, year two now for you. You took over for Mark Quinn a couple years back. What's it been like for you? What sort of stamp are you trying to put on this program? What do you? What's sort of your philosophy? I mean, what do you want Frenchtown basketball to be all about? Right, right. So um, I was really fortunate to work under Mark for um, four years as an assistant, and. Uh, you know, I think I'm just really appreciative of just the um, kind of the flexibility and the um, the room he gave me to kind of kind of put my print on it, even when we were working together. Um, and I kind of think uh, that kind of helped build relationships and connections with kids. And we kind of, I feel like, kind of set up what we wanted the program to look like. And um, I was fortunate enough to, to take over for him. And He's still someone that I, I, I communicate with about hoops a lot. He has a lot to offer and bring the game. And now he's got a kid up in high school, which is exciting. So um, just kind of guys I've played for, especially at the high school and college level. I mean, we just built it from the rim back and really, really uh, emphasized, you know, being um, defensive minded, being able to grind and get stops. You know, your jump shot doesn't always travel with you, but defense can. So um, just trying to really instill some, some toughness that way of, of teams that, we're hard to score against, but also, you know, hopefully can take good care of the ball. We've struggled with that a little bit this year and trying to, you know, re-implement and kind of get back into developing some confidence with our guys with the ball. And so, you know, a team that's not going to beat ourselves and no matter who we compete against, you know, we're going to be in every game just with how hard we play and leaving our stamp um, on the defensive end of the floor to create offense and then playing just inside out, playing off of each other, um, creating some freedom for guys to make plays for each other. So, um, it's kind of what we're trying to, to get going here. You know, um, we've had really good numbers, you know, in tryouts since I've been here, and those numbers keep going up. I'm excited about um, our young kids we have in the program and even at the elementary and middle school levels. It's really fun being a teacher in the in the school system and getting to see and build those relationships with kids at a young age. So um, really excited to, you know, be in charge, uh, you know, be ahead of the program, and hopefully we can continue the success that other kids have kind of put, 
um, Frenchtown hoops on the map, and you know we kind of understand we gotta we gotta keep uh, our name up there. So it just keeps me um, keeps me to the fire to make sure I'm getting our kids every opportunity to succeed as we can. Coach, what has it been like? I mean, you have some talented seniors and stuff, and just for them to be able to play this season, and especially some that you know want to play at the next level and to be able to uh, you know go out there and show what they can do. What has that been like just as a coach being able to, you know, watch them have that opportunity when not every high school kid across the country does at the moment? Right. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Montana's kind of in our own little bubble. Um, uh, coach I played for in college and now the head coach at Minot State and just kind of talking with him about, he's like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what's right or wrong. And, and he just said, he goes, man, I love Montana. I love how you guys are getting to play. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you can, I've read a lot of books and talked to a lot of coaches. And last year, um, March, we're in Billings, and you get the phone call that says we don't get to go play. And the kids, the seniors that year, and our kids we have this year didn't get to finish playing on the court. And that was a conversation, you know, no coach is prepared to have with your kids. Um, and I think we just kind of had to use that as a rallying point to understand that, you know, in life we can't take anything for for granted. But let's make sure we can also do whatever we can within our control to make sure we can have a season. Um, we have great kids, especially our seniors and stuff. They, we have several seniors that have been really patient behind the nice senior class we had it before them. And for them to get the opportunity to compete this year was paramount for us. And I just wanted to advocate for these kids to be able to play in this, you know, however we can create the safest environment to ensure that these kids get to go out and compete and have a season. I think, um, has been nothing short of awesome. Uh, I have a lot of thanks and gratitude for our school administration and our community. Um, and then also the community's administration of the teams we play. I think it's a, it's a whole team effort, a statewide effort to make sure that um, kids get to do this. And I think it just shows how important, you know, um, as a state, we value um, athletics and activities for our kids as we just love getting to see them compete and, and do things that they put so much time into. So, um, you know, we, we've had pretty good, we've been pretty fortunate so far, and um, I hope we can continue doing those things and um, here for the next, you know, five weeks, and then I hope they continue to stay good so kids who um, focus on their spring athletics get to go into those as well. So, yeah. Garden City Spotlight, Brandon Roberts, Brandon Robbins, excuse me, Coach. Brandon Robbins joining us, Frenchtown Head Boys Basketball Coach. And, Coach, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, everything you just said, it resonates with all of us. We really hope that you guys can continue having success both as a team but also that we can just continue enjoying watching the performances of high school athletes around Western Montana and around the entire state of Montana as well. Best of luck with the rest of your season, and uh, we will catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Brandon Robbins, head coach, Frenchtown Bronx. We got to get out because we have an interesting one coming up. The Sports Medicine Journal, presented by Missoula Bone and Joint, Dr. Michael Wright, joins us to explain to you. And this is a question that was asked a lot last year because Dalton Sneed and Troy Anderson both had high ankle sprains. What is a high ankle sprain? How do you fix it? It's the Sports Medicine Journal right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more.
Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Stay wide. SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey from SWX joining me. Coulter Nuana is getting you through your Wednesday evening. Thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. If you want to find us online, it's easy, 1029ESPN.com. If you want to follow us on Facebook, that's easy too. Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. Go check out our Facebook page because I got a couple of good things going on. We got a great special for uh, the big game coming up on Sunday from Warden's Market. Got more information there for you on the Facebook page. And we also have, um, if you've been following Grizz Greats, Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, 25-part podcast series about Montana's 1995 run to the National Championship. We commissioned a painting to be a, to accompany it. It's a painting of... Andy Larson, Dave Dickinson, and Don Reed in front of Mount Sentinel. It's a commemorative, one-of-a-kind painting, and it's pretty darn cool. And uh, there's a limited amount of those paintings being sold. The artist is selling them, so uh, exclusively uh, apart from ESPN, but you can go check it out. All you got to do is go to rbagley3.com, or you can just go click on our Facebook link, and that'll take you there as well. There's prints, there's posters, there's sweatshirts, but it's really cool. I got some sweat, a sweatshirt. It's very nice. I got some prints too. Uh, and tease for later on, probably next week, we have our prints being framed as well. Uh, so we're going to give you a free print on this show. It's going to be one of our big giveaways for um, February and March. So stay tuned for that. Before we get to the uh, Sports Medicine Journal, Rainy. Injuries are such a huge part of sports, but a lot of times there's not a lot of uh, information out there. Part of that's the HIPAA rules and things like that, privacy for athletes. But also part of it is just I think that maybe there's a misunderstanding about the severity of some things or even just what something means. So I mean, what's maybe the most confusing injury to you or or one maybe you, you uh, want to know more about? <laughs> well, I was going to say um – you know, HIPAA or just like coaches that are just crazy about injuries. Sure. I think that's <laughs> so many of them think that like, oh my gosh, we can't we can't divulge any information. It's gonna end the game. Um what what sorry, what was the question? Uh, what, is, there, is there like an injury that you just don't really know about or that you wish you had like a better definition of? So right now we're about to hear from Dr. Yeah, Michael I, Wright and about high ankle sprains. And I wanted to notice like what's the difference between a high ankle sprain and otherwise? There's a couple for me. Um I feel like hip injuries, yes, especially like in football, like mm-hmm. hip pointers mm-hmm. and hip injuries are like I never know exactly what that means or what that feels like. I've never had like a hip injury, you know. So you see guys do that and they're out for a variety of different things. And then I am just absolutely fascinated with elbow injuries, especially with pitchers in baseball and like how. Like, can you prevent them? Are they inevitable? Like, does everyone's like, is there like a certain amount of pitches that it's eventually going to just explode or does it throwing sliders and curveballs? Like to me, like the elbow injuries and Tommy John and multiple Tommy Johns. And I don't know, that to me is just like a very fascinating thing because it's becoming so prevalent now. Dr. Michael Wright, Missoula Bone and Joint. It is our sports medicine journal. Well, it's time now for our second edition of what's already one of my favorite segments. It's the Sports Medicine Journal presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. We're going to do this about once a month. Dr. Michael Wright, he's an orthopedic surgeon there at Missoula Bone and Joint. He joins us now. And, Doc, last time we talked ACLs, it was a lot of fun. It was very informative. We're glad to have you back. How are you? Good. How are you? Very, very good. Today we're going to talk generally about high ankle sprains. I think that that's something that people in the sports lexicon, they hear about quite a bit. 
But what exactly is a high ankle sprain? I think that's a question a lot of people have. I think a lot of people that have played basketball or other auxiliary sports have probably rolled their ankle and sprained their ankle in the quote-unquote traditional fashion. But let's just start there. I mean, what's the difference when you hear high ankle sprain compared to just a you know quote-unquote normal ankle sprain? Well, the the difference really comes in terms of the severity of the injury. Uh, you know, with a low ankle sprain, you're typically tearing some of the ligaments on the outside of the ankle. But generally, you know, people aren't having so much pain that they can't put weight on it. Um, and generally, they heal up pretty well with conservative treatment. A high ankle sprain is where you, when you injure the stabilizing ligaments of the ankle that are just a little bit higher up. And those ankles or those ankle ligaments are called the syndesmosis, which are very strong ligaments that connect the two bones together. They connect the fibula bone and the tibia bone. And so when you tear those ligaments, it's a more severe uh, injury. It generally takes longer to heal and, and sometimes even requires uh, surgery. What's the most common uh, difference in the way that this happens? I think, that, you know, people know, yeah, you, you you come down wrong on somebody's shoe while you're playing basketball, and that's the way you roll an ankle. You get caught up in a pile playing football, whatever it might be. What's the most common way that a high ankle sprain happens? I mean, what what is maybe the the trauma that goes into causing the injury? Yeah, the, so they they do tend to happen. Low and high ankle sprains tend to happen by a little bit different mechanism. So uh, you're exactly right. With low ankle sprains, it's typically coming down from a jump landing kind of awkwardly and the ankle generally rolls out to the side in an inversion type mechanism with high ankle sprains you know the typical mechanism would be you know say a wide receiver jumps for a pass and lands on on just their one ankle and they have some sort of twist uh you know typically cleated athletes that are playing on you know turf or even grass surfaces and their 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 cleat gets caught in the the playing surface and it causes the ankle to rotate as the momentum of their body comes down and it's typically that rotational mechanism at the ankle um, that causes a high ankle sprain. And the other thing that happens with that mechanism is the ankle fracture. And we certainly see a lot of that in sports, you know, particularly football, we'll see bad ankle fractures and dislocations. And, and that's really just a, a, another iteration of a high ankle sprain. A really severe high, high ankle sprain would be when the bones actually break uh, with that rotational mechanism. But one of the reasons these high ankle sprains are so frustrating for, for athletes and, and even for providers is because you're, you're trying to wait on some very strong ligaments to heal. And ligaments in the human body have relatively poor vasculature uh, with respect or compared to like a muscle, which has a lot of good blood supply. You know, when you have like a quad contusion or any sort of muscular injury, it generally heals up very quickly because that structure has robust blood supply. The body's ability to heal and remodel that tissue is very good. And when you're talking ligaments, it's kind of the opposite. They don't have very good blood supply. They take a long time to heal. They're often nagging injuries that people can kind of play through, um, but it really slows them down. It impairs their performance. Um, so this is really, it can be a really plaguing injury. And the reverse can also be true with the high ankle sprain. I mean, sometimes we see people with high ankle sprains and they heal up relatively quickly. So it's, it's really a spectrum of an injury, you know, whereas we talked ACL last time, that's kind of a binary injury. It's kind of an all or nothing. You either tore the ACL or you didn't. Uh, with the high ankle sprain, there's there's a whole spectrum. You can have a very mild one all the way up to a very severe one, you know, that even necessitates uh, surgical intervention. Surgical intervention is an interesting point, too, because this is the Sports Medicine Journal presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. And last year, Doc, 
around the state of Montana, this was something that was being talked about quite heavily. Uh, no need to diagnose the, speci- the specific athletes that I'll mention, but the starting quarterback for the University of Montana, Dalton Sneed, experienced what was deemed a, a high ankle sprain, and Troy Anderson, who's played some quarterback but also played running back and linebacker at Montana State, but certainly one of Montana State's star players as well, had a similar injury. And Troy Anderson elected to delay his surgery until after the season, whereas Dalton Sneed had a procedure in the season that cost him some games, but then was able to come back. He was never back to full strength. But is severity what leads to the surgery? I mean, is that what is that why surgery occurs, or is it just simply a quicker fix if you do have surgery when you do have a, a high ankle sprain? Well, that's kind of controversial, you know, and that's the whole world of sports medicine is if it's something that can wait till you're out of season, uh, you know, a, a lot of athletes will play through it. And so, yes, the severity plays a, a role. You know, if it's a very, very severe high ankle sprain where the ankle is even partially dislocated because of it, you know, that's something that uh, you really won't be able to play through. And uh, so it is severity that dictates, you know, surgical intervention in the acute setting. Now, once you get out into the chronic setting, uh, it becomes, again, a little more controversial. You can certainly fix a high ankle sprain, you know, many months out after the injury if it scars in in a little bit of the wrong position. Uh, there's kind of a different surgery where you go in and take down those ligaments and kind of reconstruct that area if you have to in the chronic setting. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the, the severity of the injury, I think, really dictates both the initial management and the long-term uh, management. But I've seen plenty of athletes that are able to put kind of play through them you know they'll usually do kind of rice type treatment rest compression icing elevation for the first week or two and then gradually kind of return to their weight bearing and and get back to it but it can be a really long it can be a really long uh, rehab process you know whether you have surgery or not and again that leads back to my initial point about the healability of this uh, structure in the body it's just slow and uh, so the rehab does tend to be slow as well as you try to retrain all those muscles uh, around the ankle to to get rehabbed appropriately to to compete at the high level. If you have a scenario where you do play through it, but then still require surgery, why is that? Is is it is it just because you aren't going to be able to recover naturally on your own? Yeah, I, I think so. And and there's there's a, a body of literature too in the orthopedic world that does suggest you can develop chronic. Uh, instability of the syndesmosis there, which just means that the the biomechanics of that joint in between the fibula and the tibia, which is right above the ankle, when it scarred in, it didn't heal quite right, or it healed with the ligaments in a little bit of an elongated position, which is not biomechanically optimal uh, for the function of the ankle. And and really on that same on that same thought, that occurs with low ankle sprains as well. I'm sure you've heard of athletes. Um, that have had recurrent low ankle sprains where their ankle just becomes extremely unstable uh, because every time they sprain it, they re-tear the ligaments and then they heal, but they heal in a little bit of an elongated position. And at some point, you reach a threshold where those ligaments no longer can do their job. And uh, so people that play through it, but then they're still having issues, you know, out of season probably, you know, had ligaments that, that did eventually heal, but they probably healed a little bit uh, too elongated, and therefore they're developing some micro instability at the syndesmosis, and those are really the people that that may benefit from stabilization of that of that joint. Dr. Michael Wright joining us. It's our monthly sports medicine journal presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. 
And Doc, when you talk about the recovery elements of it, is that the most challenging part? The, far, the, the reason, I guess, that there's a lack of blood flow to that area, but also it is such a high weight-bearing area? Or what is the biggest challenge to, to rehabilitating when you do have a high ankle sprain? Yeah, it's it's all of that. You know, it's frustrating for athletes because the progress is so slow. Um, you know, really due to that that um, the healability of that structure, and uh, it's it tends to be one of those injuries that just just frustrates some athletes to no end because they just continue to kind of have issues with it um, uh, as they ask more and more out of their ankle. It's it's a very kind of complicated joint when you look at the the anatomy of it. And, uh, you know, it can be certainly season-ending and even can be career-ending. We talked last time, too, about the the surgical procedure of an ACL in terms of where the repairing mechanisms come from, whether it's a cadaver or from the own the, the own subject's body, is it a similar thing with the, the actual specifics of the surgery uh, here, or, or what's the biggest differences? Well, there, there's quite a few differences. So, with the high ankle sprain, you're you're again you're trying to restore the patient's normal anatomy by doing a surgery, and and so with a high ankle sprain, what you, a chronic high ankle sprain that needs to be fixed, you typically don't need to use any sort of cadaver tissue or alternative tissue or even graft from from the own the patient's own body. You typically have to go in and remove the scar tissue that has healed in that elongated position and clean out that joint, and then once you do that, you can get the bones in the right spot, and you have to have some way to fix them in the right spot. And once you do that, then the ligaments themselves can actually reheal in the appropriate position. But in to- until you get the actual human skeleton stabilized in the right spot, it's very challenging to get those ligaments to heal in the perfect uh, orientation. And so there's, there's really several different fixation methods that are utilized. Um, you know, you certainly, it's been described multiple different ways with good outcomes with lots of ways. There's a, a device that uses um, suture material as well as, as well as metal buttons and allows you to tension uh, the syndesmosis. It's called a tightrope fixation. You can also fix this with metal screws. Um, sometimes these surgeries too, if you use metal screws, athletes need a second surgery down the road to take the screws out because uh, the re- one reason it's a tricky joint is there is some motion that occurs naturally with, with when the ankle bends up and down, there's motion that goes through that syndesmosis. And so when you have screws that cross the syndesmosis, and again, just to back up what the syndesmosis actually is, that's just a fancy medical term for the ligaments that hold the top part of the ankle together, the fibula and the tibia, it connects those two bones together. And so when you put uh, a metal screw, for example, across a moving joint, what happens is eventually over time you can develop some fatigue stress on that material. And it's kind of like if you took a paper clip and you bent it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, eventually the material is going to fail and break. And the same thing happens with syndesmotic screws. And so when syndesmotic screws are placed, their job is to hold that bone perfect only for about three months or maybe four months. And then by that time, the ligaments are healed. And then, you know, you may hear about an athlete going back for a second surgery to take the screw out. That's what they'd be referring to. And the other way to fix this with the suture method, which is the the tightrope type fixation, one benefit of that method is it doesn't require an additional surgery. Uh, The suture material in there, even if it does break, usually doesn't cause any problem. Uh, to the patient. So it's pretty rare that you ever have to have a second surgery with that uh, method of fixation, but equivalent outcomes really with, with both ways. And, you know, certainly athletes get treated with, with both ways. 
We're so good to you guys around here, all our loyal listeners. Not only do we entertain you on Nuanez now, but we also educate you as well. Be sure to tune in each month for the Sports Medicine Journal with Dr. Michael Wright from Missoula Bone and Joint as we break down what it actually means to have injuries that are pretty common for the athletes that we cover, talk to, and follow. Doc, we appreciate it. It was very informative, very educational as always. We hope you have a great month, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Colter. Bye. Sports Medicine Journal, presented by Missoula Bone and Joint. Missoula Bone and Joint has a walk-in clinic, so if you ever find yourself in need, if you sprain your ankle, get a high ankle sprain, shovel in the snow, <laughs> stop in Missoula Bone and Joint. They can take care of you right away. We're way, way, way late, but we got the ESPN Roundtable and more Super Bowl talk. Travis Johnson, he's on the practice squad for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a Montana State alum. Coming at you right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.